Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. So Abraham gave you a preview of today's message. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always fun when you ask the Lord, like, Lord, what, what do you want me to share? And then, like, you come on Sunday and, like, worship is tied in, like, the spontaneous testimonies are tied in. And uh, you just go, Lord, I think you're just really wanting to, like, seal the subject for today. And I asked the Lord, like, what, what, to, what to share? And he said, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Right? So Proverbs 18, 20 through 21 says, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And I just thought about how, like, your words matter. And, like, this proverb talks about, like, your success in life is tied to your communication. It's tied to what you say. I mean, if you're in sales, like, it is. Like, your bank account is very much tied to your communication, what you're able to say, how you're able to talk to someone to communicate, like, your product. Your belly is satisfied by what you say and how you bring people into your business. But it's so much more than just business. It's everywhere, right? The Lord spoke in Genesis. It tells us the Lord spoke and the earth existed. That the power of what God says creates. And it's not like a little bit, like solar systems, galaxies, neutron stars, like what the Lord says carries so much creative power and he has made you in his image. That what you speak, what you say carries creative power in your life for good or for bad. And the, <coughs> the, one of the things that I, w- I took away from this is how a lot of times we take this and we go, what, um, thank you, what, what we say like verbally to others is kind of like what we at first think of. But I would propose to you that what you say to yourself is actually the most important things that you talk about. That internal dialogue, sometimes it doesn't actually even come off your lips. It's just this, like, what, what, is, what is running through your mind? Kind of like when you're an idol, right? You, it's sort of like you've pulled up mentally to the traffic light, and you're, you're, it's, it's red, and the, but your engine's still running, right? Some of you may have the new fancy cars that turn off, but I think those don't make any sense to me. But the engine's still running, and your brain is still running, and it's telling you, it's feeding you something. And really, what I would propose to you is this is where your true sanctification happens. Because it's your belief systems 
what you believe here. Not the theology that you learned, but what you believe. Right? Peter believed he could walk on water when he saw Christ there, and he did. And then when he stopped believing, when he got distracted by what Christ had told him, then he started to sink. Right? And there's part that sometimes I wonder if we actually believe that the power that raised Christ from the dead actually dwells in us, that we too actually could walk on water. I think we could. But our belief system has enough doubt that we're like, well, I, I don't know. That didn't really work last time, right? Like I was at the beach that one time and like, it, you know, like whatever it is that you start telling yourself that you go, this miraculous supernatural life is not for me. But what if it was? Maybe you should question the thoughts that are rolling in your head and bring them into alignment with what the Word of God says. Right? It's very practical. I mean, the, the verse in Proverbs, like, shows you the, the, the things that you say bring tangible fruit to your life. Not just like the fruit fruit, but like you're seeing provision. You're seeing satisfaction. Right? There's part that, like, I think about, like, when you bite that first bite into, like, that uh, steak where it's still crispy on the outside and it's, it's, it's juicy. Like, that moment of, like, mmm. Right? Your, your thoughts will lead you to those, like, mmm moments. What you say, how you speak primarily to yourself is going to bring you there. And I would propose that some of you have sanctified your language. You don't drop the F-bomb anymore, but you still tell yourself horrible things. I was thinking about this, and I was like, you know, I think technically, grammatically, there's not that big a difference. But there's a difference mentally when you talk about cussing versus cursing. Right? As Christians, like... So there's cuss words that basically as society, we've all agreed that these are like the bad words. And then when you're kind of cool or you're really like upset, they come out, right? There's like the cool kids that like in school like say the stuff and everybody's like, you know, when you're in middle school, you realize you can actually say that and lightning doesn't like fly out from heaven and like zap you, right? Oh, so now like where, where's the line of what I can say? And then as we get to know the Lord and we go, all right, I'm going to cut out saying the colorful words, but we still carry this animosity in our heart where we wish curses upon people. I hate them. I can't stand them. I wish they would die. I wish this would happen. I, this, there's part that sometimes out of our pain, we say stuff and it would almost be better if you just drop some colorful language rather than wish them so much ill, right? The Lord says, those of you that say you fool are in, in uh, threat of, of, of hell, right? And you go, what? Like, really? But it's because our heart is not in alignment with the word of God that says we are to bless, that we are to, to speak life. 
And so we polished up one side, but we end up like the Pharisees where the outside of the cup is all, all cleaned up and there's, there's no more colorful language. I mean, trying to merge on 75 may bring that out, but like most of the time, there's no colorful language, right? We've done better, we've, but we've washed the outside of the cup. And the, inside the cup, we're still going like, I hate myself. I hate my family. I hate it when this happens. Where is God when this is going on? And we have all of this internal language that is rolling in our head. And on the outside, we look happy, or we at least are not negative. But that's where, like, you know, with Abraham's testimony, like, sometimes we're, we're coming to church, and we've tried to clean the outside, but the inside is still so heavy. And that's where I propose that the sanctification, the, the, the revealing of what God has done for you has to manifest in what you say to yourself first and then to others. I mean, there's... There's a lot of verses in the Bible about what we say, right? So, like, there's Ephesians 5, 4. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Guys, like, how many, like, what they call it, locker room talk, right? It's coarse. It's, it's kind of funny, but it, it's almost kind of a competition of who can push the edge in the conversation. Right, and that's kind of there's like this the status uh, kind of jock internal like how do we how how coarse can we go without like people going like well that was too far right we can't do that 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 we're we're partnering and we're speaking we're giving creative power to negative things. Right? In Ephesians 4.29, just a little earlier, Paul says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Listen, I'm not exempt from this any more than you are. This is, this, these are challenging verses to go, how do I change what's happening in my mouth so that we're speaking life? Right? In James 3, he talks about how the tongue is so small, and yet its, its power is one that can create almost like a forest fire. You can burn your house down around you with what you say. So there's part, some of it is just as simple as stop it, right? Just stop, don't do that. But there's part that's going like, why, why am I doing that? Because I have a belief usually about God and myself that is deeply embedded behind that. I don't believe God's going to show up. I, <clears throat> I've read enough theology that I believe he'll show up for you. But deep in my heart, I'm not sure he'll show up for me. A few weeks ago, I launched my own law practice. And um, that, that has a lot of nuance for me. Because I'd run uh, my own practice about tw 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And had shut it down, and there was a lot of different nuances. And what I found, I went um, to the rewrite the story, and the Lord told me that he said, I love your law practice as much as I love Jesus Lab, which is the other thing that, like, I've really put a lot of heart and soul into. And I just had to pause for a minute and let the Lord teach me something 
because I had created in my mind a disconnect between like church things and like business things. And the Lord was like, I love both. So now I have the opportunity to start believing that that is true so that I start expecting God's favor at work. And some of you have made that same disconnect between Sunday and Monday. And so you go, well, God loves Sunday, and he'll show up at church, but I don't know if he'll really show up at work. And you've got to start going, Lord, what would it look like for me to believe you would show up at work? That those clowns that you work with may one day get sanctified. They might meet Jesus, right? But we've categorized them as clowns in our mind or something worse. And so we've, we've created this box by our words that have set them into the other category. And now we go, well, I can judge them and be aggravated and frustrated with them because they are other. Right? And there's part of going, what if they are part of the bride of Christ? Actually now, and they're just not acting like themselves. What if they are ready, pre, pre-Christian? Ready for God to come in and give them hope. But we have put them in our mind in a negative way, and we speak about them, even if it's only to ourselves, about what jerks they are. Right? In Matthew 12, 36, it says, but this is Jesus, but I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. This is actually, to me, one of the most terrifying verses in the New Testament. Because I know I have a lot of empty words, right? It's, I'm, I'm at the stoplight, my brain is idling, and my mouth is running. And I'm like, ah, uh, ooh, hmm. Jesus, I need your filter. First, on my thoughts, though, right? We focus on what comes out of our mouth, but it's like, let's, let's back it up a little bit and go, what am I thinking? You know, one of the things in, in wrestling through this message was, what do you do with imprecatory psalms? I had to actually go look that word up because I'd, I'd heard someone say it. And there are psalms where David is really PO'd. And he's very angry. And what's interesting is there's not the colorful language, but there is significant ill will. <laughs> Hatred towards some of these people. Like Psalm 109, he was like, let the guy die. Let his wife become a widow. Let his kids become fatherless. Let his creditors take everything from him. Like, I mean, he just like rails. But there's part that we have to evaluate. How do we, how do we be honest with ourselves when things are really hard, when injustices happen? You know, kind of the, the footnotes was, you know, Someone they, they suspected in, in, in when he was writing the psalm was really opposing him and, and saying horrible things and working towards 
his, his either death or his, his removal, um, as, whether he was king, I, I don't remember exactly uh, where it was in his, in his life, but, you know, when Saul was persecuting him, there was all these kinds of things. And there's part that I think sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to be honest with the pain that we're experiencing, where it's like, God, I do wish they were dead, that your justice would just be all the lightning and, and hail on them. But if you finish the psalm, it becomes, but God. Right? There's, there's the honest assessment of how much this hurts, how much injustice there is, how wrong this is. And then it's like, but God, I want your justice. I want you to, to be my advocate. Because... We can see where the word tells us to be angry and not sin, but we struggle with that. So it's like, Lord, would you let your anger work out in this matter? Because I know you don't sin. Right? And we're able to shift and, and, and have an honest acknowledgement of the pain that has been caused to us by people in our lives, by situations in our lives. And yet it doesn't consume us because we turn around and with our words we start going, but God, you are sovereign, but you restore me, you protect me, you are my shield, you are my defender, right? I'm not going to let this situation define my faith, but I'm going, I'm going to be honest that I really am having a hard time with this person. Right? And I think sometimes we try to bypass that step. We try to just go, well, uh, I, I've got a large amount of internalized anger. But I know Jesus is, you know, forgiving. And, and we, we don't go through the process of letting that anger, like, get really clear. But then you, you need to have the but God switch, where you go, this is everything that I'm feeling, because your emotions are the power that drive your life. You may think things, but how you are acting emotionally is what pushes energy through you and how you act or respond. And so that's why we've got to process our emotions so that they start to, we get, we get clear, we get them in a place where we can uh, be honest about them, but then we can put them in God's hands and go, Lord, would you sanctify this? Would you help me process this? Would you walk with me so that I can be angry about injustice but not sin? And that I would watch the words that I speak so that I speak life into my own life and into the lives of those around me. Because we have lots of situations, if you watch the news, that are in, that there's no easy answers. The can't you all just get along speech doesn't work. And so, because there's so much pain involved, and we need to figure out, Lord, how can we pray for them? How can we speak life to them in a way that allows them to be honest about their pain, but then meet the Lord so that they can come through it. We have to trust the Lord. 
And it's easy to say and have intellectual assent to, but when your heart is hurting, this is where we meet the Lord. This is where the rubber meets the road in your sanctification process. Because the Lord said, you are holy. Now you get to bring your thoughts into captivity so that you act like who you really are. Right? It's not that you lose sanctification driving in Tampa. But it's an opportunity to reveal where you are and to go, Lord, would you help me? Right? But there's other things. Again, in church, we clean up our language so we don't use any of the socially inappropriate words. But gossip is such poison. And we can be happy we didn't use the F-bomb, but we talked about four or five other people this week. And you go, I don't really want you to use the colorful language, but I'd actually rather you use that than gossip. Right? In Proverbs 16.28, it says, A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. Proverbs 20.19, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. That one's tough. But sometimes we're not willing to let there be an awkward pause. And so you'd rather fill the space with something even if it's gossip, than to have nothing to say. And I think sometimes in our, in our hyper-saturated, social media, overstimulated world, a pause is actually what our soul needs the most. But, but well, you know what Sally's doing? I found out. I heard about this juicy tip. Right? And then we just like, we're just like, I got I to gotta fill the space and, and try to make you think that, like, I'm cool because I've got inside knowledge or I, I know something about these other people. Where if you go, Lord, how do I just be? You realize you don't have to share everything you know about everybody. Seriously. You don't have to share everything you know about everybody. Love covers. And there's part that in that tension, sometimes in love covering, it feels almost unjust because other people are saying things that are maybe untrue or incomplete. But we've got to be okay and go, God, I'm going to trust that you're the defender. I'm going to trust that if I tell this person that they have an offense with, they actually need to go talk to that other person rather than gossip to everybody else to poison the well of the community against that person. That the Lord will actually show up in a direct, when you said that, that hurt me kind of conversation rather than just letting gossip run amok. It's Christmas season, right? Often, 
And how many times do we say this? Well, in this season, it's financially stressful. Our calendar's full. We're so busy. We're all stressed out. What if you just started speaking like, this is such a season of joy, and I'm going to choose to manage my calendar. I'm going to choose not to overspend. I'm going to choose to speak life that the bonus comes early so that I can <laughs> pay for the gifts that I can't afford right now. What, you know, whatever it is to start going, Lord, how do I use the creative power that you have given me to bring life? There's, there's dreams and desires in your heart, in my heart, that we're looking like, God, would you help us? But the daily conversation we have is sabotaging the very thing that we want. Well, I can't do that. I don't talk very well. I just, you know, like Abraham gave a, a whole list of things that people often say about themselves. What if you start flipping that? If you put the slide up that says, I'm a child of God, what if, what if this was your filter? That I'm only going to say things that a child of God would say, who is loved, right? Because a lot of times we're like, well, I, I, I said the prayer, I got born again, but I really am not sure that God loves me. And so I say things, I act in ways that are I'm still trying to perfect, protect me rather than act from a place of security and love. That I'm made in the image of God, that I'm free from God condemnation. Right? So much of your internal self-talk that's negative is actually condemnation. And you're sinning by, by thinking lies about yourself. And we don't really see it that way. We don't give it the significance of this is what is happening in my thought life is so contrary to the Word of God that I need to change it right now. God, I'm breaking agreement with the lie that I'm worthless. That is a lie. That is ungodly thoughts. Stop it. <laughs> right? You are a child of God who he paid the highest price for, right? And so there's part that sometimes we just sort of give ourselves a pass with negative thinking. But life and death are in the power of the tongue. Right? In Luke 6.45, Jesus says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And with this, you can start getting some insight into things that are in your heart that maybe you're not paying attention to because you're surprised by stuff that comes out of your mouth. Quit trying to change so much what's coming out of your mouth and start going, God, there's a belief in my heart that is operating, and this junk that's coming out is because I have a misbelief rather than I just can't control my mouth. So if we can get the prayer team to come up as we close. Some of you need to release yourself from curses that have been spoken over you, that have been spoken by you, about you, right? And 
It's really simple, and the prayer partners can walk you through it. Because sometimes it's just helpful to have somebody else to be like, that's totally a lie. And all you have, it's simple. I break agreement with the lie that says I am a worthless, no good sinner. And I choose now to make an agreement with the truth that I am a beloved son or daughter of the, of the king. Right? It's, it's, it's what we've partnered our words with that we can start to unwind the lies that we picked up growing up and are able to step into our godly destiny. If you guys would just stand with me as we close. Jesus, we just thank you that you have empowered us to speak life to ourselves, to our family, to our friends, our community. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us power, creative power, because we are made in your image, and you spoke and created. Lord, I pray that you would help us steward our creative power for good, that you would prepare us to just bring a uh, a massive amount of heavenly blessings to us, through us, for us, for our community, that we would be blessed, that our community would be blessed because we've changed our words from words of negativity to words of life. I thank you, Lord, for your convicting, loving power that when we say negative things, we just catch ourselves. Oh, oh, that's, that's, that's death. I break agreement with death and I speak life. Lord, you've empowered me to speak life. And so I just bless everyone here this week with great grace to walk in life and light and that their speech would be salt and light in their community. We thank you, Lord, for everyone here and we bless them this week. We bless them in this Christmas season. We bless them with peace and joy and provision and, and just grace for a busy season. We just bless them with good family interactions. I thank you, Lord, for all of the families that are represented here and that the kingdom is advancing in Tampa and around the world. And I just bless each and every one of you as you go about this week with the overwhelming sense of God's love for you. That when things get heavy, when agitations come, you just send those agitations to the cross because you are loved. And I just pray all of these things in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored and empowered and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.